0: brother brother there's
1: far too many of you die. you
2: know we've got to find a way to bring some loving here today yeah
0: father, father, wow what a jam man classic oh chills <laughs> he's got chills his hairy arms are. <laughs>
2: There's chills underneath. Yeah, look at that.
0: <laughs> that is a classic, man. Um, okay, guys, this is an episode that has uh, been in the works for probably two weeks. Yeah, even I mean more so. But like for us, we've been planning for two weeks, uh, trying to get uh, a voice that is very involved in uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. I mean, here mm-hmm. in Toronto at least, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is a very important episode and it was one that we didn't want to like rush on or, or put aside. And I know last week we kind of like said that was going to be it, but we had to get the right guest. Yes. And been working and
2: it's so funny. Like the right guest turns out to be my desk buddy in grade eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's funny. I remember having guest I buddies, looking like high and low for the best guest and, uh, Literally, like, yeah, grade A desk buddy. Yeah. How was how the desk buddy vibe for you? Did you have, like, a Oh, my God. I, so, a?
0: I shared it with this girl named Hannah. I won't mm. say her last name, but she was brutal, man, because at that age, okay. I had,
2: <laughs> Whenever someone says, I'm not going to say her last name, it was brutal. It
0: just <laughs> comes right after. You know that it's bad, right? <laughs> so, basically, I had to share with her, and I, and it was sixth grade, and her elbow was, like, encroaching on my side. And it was just kind of like, "Hey, can you move your elbow?" And she's like, "No, my elbow is here. I'm getting no, out." Nah, that's not a here. desk buddy thing to do, man. No, I would not use the word buddy at all. You yeah. know, it was just like desk person. We forced to be inside. <laughs> and so I remember we had to like tell a teacher and stuff. It was so stupid. And then in seventh grade, I had one named Felicia, and she had this really severe nose whistle. Mm. Like I'm telling you, she, like whenever she'd breathe, it's almost like it was always like, "Oh no." And I was just like, oh my God, like it's slowly putting me to sleep. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> it's kind of therapeutic when you hear it, it's like Yeah. So that was my experience with the desk, but I didn't have any to my knowledge that are uh, making quite an impact on on, on on the world. On the world in, in some extent. Yeah. So I, mean, I don't want to say that because I'm sure they're doing great things.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I'm just out there noise whistling.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I Go down the street. <laughs> I just hear it. I'm just like, oh my gosh, she's nearby. <laughs> um no, yeah. So uh, man, maybe we should just get right into it. I don't, I don't Let's even do know. It. It. Absolutely. Let's do yeah. it. We, d- we don't have to do a catch up guys. Like, um, I mean, it was, it was, Canada day last week. Yeah. So
2: and it's July 4th coming up, I guess. Also yesterday it was July 4th for, yeah. for Americans. I'm American.
0: How are you? I don't know if I've said that enough, but I am a dual. Yeah. I'm a dual citizen. So whenever I talk on American topics, by the way, mm. I do this on YouTube. People are always so quick to say, Oh, you're an American stay in Canada. And I'm like, I'm actually American. I've been an American now for five years. Wow. And I love it. I'm super proud to be an American as well. Yeah. I lived in Dallas, Texas. Like, um, I don't know. I would never bash the U.S. for taking me in and also making me a citizen. Like, there's a a lot of issues going on, but I'm not going to be the type that, that comes to or gets allowed into a new country and then just sort of, like, shits on everything. When it was it was my choice to want that, right? So that's kind
2: of how I feel about like Canada. Day. I think you know Canada Day and probably Fourth of July this year is going to be a different July first and July fourth for it everyone was. because I think people are going to, you know, it, it's a good time. It's a great time to reassess, you know. Okay, what has happened and where is the future going, right? And uh, if, I, if it's sorry, if yeah, it's under
0: the same umbrella, I agree. Because yeah. uh, I noticed on Canada Day, there was a hashtag called Cancel Canada Day. Mm. And I mean, it's 153rd birthday. Yeah. I, it's just right now, it's at an all time high for sensitivity with people and tolerance and past history. Yeah. And in a lot of sense, yeah, change is needed right now. Mm-hmm. But then there's some sort of other stuff that is like, it's, you got to word it carefully because I'm not trying to offend anybody, but it's like, Canada Day to different people means different things. There's yeah. people that escaped war-torn countries that came to Canada, and it's a big thing to celebrate this country that has provided them this sense of safety. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're using Canada Day as. That's not Whereas- exactly how
2: I felt. It's like, you know, like, like you were saying, like when I, you know, for me, I know Canada stands for so much, right? But I've taken this slice that is, they've allowed me to leave countries that would have otherwise been war-torn. Mm-hmm. right they allowed my family to be safer they allowed right. my my family to get an education they allowed my family to uh you know like personal impact is, is huge obviously i think there's a spectrum of reconciliation right there's a spectrum of like okay well this person still wants to recognize reconciliation with indigenous people all that stuff so it's like and, and we gotta keep moving forward and uh, and i think you know for the same reason as that, is probably this whole Black Lives Matter movement is, is going to have a, uh, I don't want to say, it, it's going to have an, a moment where you're going to have to reassess the 4th of July, July 1st, and, 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 and in, in a good way, by the way. I, I'm hoping in a good way. Yeah, That's yeah, what we're trying to do.
0: Because here. what you just said, Canada Day for you, is a celebration of, of change for the good. Yes. So flights, it, it, it shouldn't necessarily be tied. I know. I know the connection you just made there in terms of tying it to like Black Lives Matter because yeah. we want to change for good. It's and this is the the problem is you'll find people on social media, and I will actually talk about this later in this mm-hmm. episode, that are only driving negativity. There's yes. no sense of. Positive change. How can we fix this? That's Instead it. of sort of shitting on it and saying, this is the problem, F you, F you, F you. Like, I get there's anger, and, and there's a time for the anger to come out, but yeah. at a certain point, if all your messaging is, is anger, 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 where in that time, or where in that, that formula do you expect change to be born? Mm-hmm. Be, uh, with any problem. if If you came to my house, and I was just ignoring you this whole time, or I was just being a huge dick to you. Yeah there's no change until we address, okay, why, how can I, you know, like, That's it. well, how can I not be addicted to you? Like, what can I do? Yeah. And I think it, it comes to that is like address. Okay. Be angry. Absolutely. Have your time with it. Cause rightfully so there's reasons to be. Yeah.
2: I have uh, a mindset coach and this applies for me personally, but also applies to any situation. Right. Mm-hmm. And he was always, he always talks about reframing the questions. You know, if, if, If I go in and say, you know, oh, no one talks to me because they just don't like me. And, you know, just like that, like you said, like that woe is me mentality of just driving negativity. Right. Then there's no avenue for you to change because a it's negativity. So you're all you're looking for is negativity. It's like if you have, let's say, if you drive, um, I don't know. Uh, a Range Rover, right? All you're going to see in the road are Range Rovers because that's your car. I don't see a lot of Range Rovers, right? But if you have a Range Rover, all you're going to see in the street is a Range Rover and you get into another car and that's all you're going to see. Man, perfect
0: way of looking at it. Negativity
2: operates the same way where it's like, if you're looking for negativity, you're going to find it and you're going to see a lot of it. However, if you reframe,
0: honestly, shout out to Colin Response for this. This is you nailed it. It's about lenses, exactly. It's about the lenses that you have on your your eyes, and this is why when uh, there's that saying that you are who you surround yourself with, or yeah. you, or you can base yourself off of the five closest friends you have, mm-hmm. and this is why intentionally I avoid negative people or negativity because it's it's like the most contagious thing. Yeah, you'll go into a room and you'll be like, oh, what a beautiful day. Well, yeah, is it though? And then it's like, you start to feel like, okay, if I want to connect with these people, I need to be the same way. 100%. That's a great way of looking at it. It's like, what you seek, you will find. Yeah. yeah. So if you
2: reframe it to positivity, and how can I... So not like, those people are doing those bad things. It's, how can I do positive things? Because then that's where action comes in. Because even if you say, how can, how can that person be better? Right? Even if it's positive, how can that person be better? There's no action because that person doesn't know that you're giving them that action, right? If you give yourself that action, if you say, how can I go out and um, make, I don't know, two friends by the end of the summer, right? So uh, think positively and think about what action you can do. And that's, I guess, how we're going to try to frame this whole conversation today.
0: Yeah, Um, yeah, absolutely. I think... um Our podcast, and we're actually going to talk to our guests in a minute. Um, Our podcast has always been, from episode one, Mm -hmm. uh, to take a conversation on oftentimes mental health and take this clinical conversation and kind of make it more consumable for the average person and to do it in a safe way, not in a way that's like, you're a bad person, this or that. So today's conversation, this is why we say we had to find the right guest because there's tons of people out there we could have talked to. But we had to find the right guess in terms of we want this conversation to be something that when you listen to it, you can leave this podcast thinking, okay, great. Now I know what I can do. Yeah. What, what can I use out of my life? Or how can I change? Or how can I stop doing that or start doing this? And to my understanding, I have your your desk buddy who you should probably actually properly introduce. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll introduce.
2: Uh, but first, let's pitch it to, um, I guess, what Black Lives Matter even means. Um, and then- uh, I, I'll invite Jonathan over. Yonathan. Jonathan. Honestly, shaw oh man, I, I, I can't wait to talk to him. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, so this is um, what Black Lives Matter uh, means to Patrice Cullors, one of the co-founders of Black Lives, Matter. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter is our call to action. It is a tool to uh, reimagine uh, world where
1: black people are free to exist free to live uh,
2: it is a tool for our allies to show up differently for us we have jonathan christos with us uh who is funnily enough again my grade 8 desk buddy <laughs> right <laughs> and yesterday we had a chat before this podcast like Uh, You know, because we're just trying to get like a brief on that. Whoa, voice crack. Still voice cracking like grade eight. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What's it called? Uh, Yeah, we're kind of like doing like a little brief of, you know, what we wanted to kind of talk about what was important to us and everything. And man, like the chill, I was telling you this yesterday, Jonathan, like the chills I got to see how you've matured into this leader um, in the, you know, and not just in not just in the Black Lives Matter movement, not just in the protests, but a leader of friends. Like I have mutual friends with you that are from random places and they all speak so highly of you, uh, a, a motivated leader. Um, I would love to I- exactly introduce, um, you, but this is literally the catch up. Um, mm-hmm. what's going on in your life? What's happening?
1: Yes, yeah, My great friend year. <laughs> um, um, a lot has been going on, man. I know we, talked about it a little bit on the phone um, just to catch up, but um, yes, uh, thank you, first and foremost, for having me. Um just want to say shout out to you guys for what you're doing, you know, having a platform to raise awareness, just not for mental health, but of course, this movement is um, very important to keep the momentum. Um, just uh, where to start, um, I'll dive right into, like, what's been going on recently. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, you know, obviously, this movement started off with you know George Floyd being murdered by the police in Minneapolis, and you know that sparked an outcry for just you know not just America but kind of the world to like realize that systemic racism is still exists until today. But you know it's not just around; it's actually killing people. Like it's holding people back from living their life and just being equal, like just to be like normal civilians, like everyone else. Um, you know as soon as that sparked, you know protests people here in toronto canada felt like they needed to speak up as well because we do face similar problems might not be some as extreme but we do face similar you know injustices and racial um inequalities here in toronto Mm -hmm. and many people felt influenced and inspired to create protests to give people a platform especially after um regis parkett was um was you know obviously the unfortunate incident yeah. that happened with her in the balcony um and that even sparked more people in Toronto to speak up because you know it's someone that looks like us like someone of color who was you know in supposed to be i guess protected by the police instead you know resulted in her death and you know that's happened way too often and with that protest and me being at um another one right after that it's been inspiring for me like you know i've faced my own racial injustices living in the u.s for uh, three and a half four years and you know i've been harassed by police um i've had teachers you know white teachers in the south say the n-word to me many times um there's so many experiences that we can dive in later on but you know i just feel like now when you see this movement how could you not be inspired to speak up even if you've never spoken up before and I felt like as soon as I first spoke up, I was just kind of looked at as like, oh, like you should keep this going, or like, you know, you should keep speaking out. And it's honestly the people who have been fighting here before me is what really inspired me to try to just help. I just want to be a supporter. I just want to, you know, see this movement through. And it just ended up me taking on somewhat of a leadership role, and you know, you know, helping organize protests with my own group that we created. Um, to support other groups that created theirs, and it's kind of become a collective here in the, in the GTA yeah. um, of you know speaking out against racial inequalities and kind of a voice for these people of color.
2: And also, I, I feel like you're just a very humble leader. And uh, like one example Thank that you. kind of pops up at me is uh, is um, is literally while. Jonathan was doing was leading a Black Lives Matter protest. A guy showed up in blackface. I I couldn't ask for... No one can write a more heated uh, kind of interaction than someone who's leading a protest about Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. and someone showing up in
0: blackface. Oh, is this at Nathan Phillips Square? Nathan Phillips yeah, Square. Yeah, okay. Jonathan yep.
2: talks to him in... In, in, in a way that that is tr is understanding in a way that is trying to understand where this person is coming from so he can elicit positive change. He didn't honestly, many of us would have at that heated moment would have probably got physical. Of course. Right. Jonathan chose the, I guess like the high road and, uh, I, I, I was speaking to him yesterday about it, and I know he he's too humble to kind of to uh, he he's too good to kind of like own it and everything. But honestly, Anthony, what you did there was like some God movements, all right? Like it, it's it, <laughs> for someone to kind of you know really be about the higher purpose here, right? Mm-hmm. And the yeah. the better purpose of of pushing the conversation forward because it, it's true. Like it's like it's like what you said yesterday it was like if you had hit him. The conversation kind of goes away, and it goes 100%. to a, it takes it, another road.
0: The, the whole messaging will be diluted yeah. in that moment, and it's tough that that's what has to happen. That someone shows up to this this protest in such a a way that they're trying to spark violence, like that, That's obviously intended. With that, like that is a pretty impressive way of dealing with such a like f- factor mm-hmm. that comes to make you t- technically look bad. When you mm-hmm. see people, and this is frustrating for me, okay, when you see people that write things like all lives matter or you see people that are not understanding the concept of defunding the police, mm-hmm. what conversation can you give to these people? Because this is the biggest thing I'm trying to struggle with with talking to people and having them understand the whole all lives matter like bullshit hashtag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So like what is something that people listening right now could – maybe start with when they come across family members or people in their surroundings that are pushing this all lives matter or not understanding the defunding the police sort of yeah, way? no, yeah.
1: for sure. I, I, yeah. It, first, I just want to dive into the story about the blackface real quick. Um, at that protest specifically, I wasn't even leading it. I was literally just there to support. Um, I had a sign and I was just standing there to support in the crowd. And I was recording videos, just like anyone, just to post on social media, to keep spreading the awareness. And then he just showed up, like literally within a few, like two feet of me. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how it all started. And I was just there like, and to me, I'm just confused because I'm like, this this got to be a joke. Or this got to be a prank or something. Because like he just had a smile on his face. And I, just, I really I always want to talk about that story because... When I was there, and then obviously I put my phone down and, and I'm just like, I'm asking him, like, what is wrong with you? I even said it while I was recording the video, I was like on Six Plus. Like, <laughs> towards in the, the video, you hear me saying, like, yo, what's wrong with you? Because I really just was confused on why he would do that. And the thing was, he didn't yell out any racial slurs. He didn't say anything negative about, about black people. So to me, it was like, this guy, like, either has some issues that he has to, like, that are within himself or. He's trying to spark violence, just like you said. Trying to get shots in the media. Trying to taint the message. trying to, um, you know, make it a a news headline that Black Lives Matter protest is violent. And, you know, they just want to make it just sound bad, so like no one will support the movement. So to me, I got. I mean, all those camera crews—it was all over the news. You just see the point of me where I'm pointing my finger at and I'm yelling at him. That's because I've already asked him for like two minutes. Like, what's wrong with you? Why are you doing this? What's the purpose? I've, I've said it so calmly, but like. He didn't want to leave. The police didn't want to escort him right away, even though they said on the news they did. They did not want to escort him right away. They just kind of circled him after people were getting upset. And they didn't even take him away. So I'm screaming, like, yo, like, you're a disgrace. This isn't what we represent. Like, people in Toronto, Canada, this is what, like, no one can be proud. Mm. I don't want to say no one, but no one should be proud. If you want to call yourself a Canadian, you should not be proud of seeing someone with black face and be like that guy. Like, we respect what he did. Like, no one would in their right mind. So to me just being a supporter, I just felt like I had to speak. Like I just so much in raising me, I'm just like I just felt like that was disrespectful to anyone that looks like me. And I can't just stand there and just like let that go unknown. But of course I know that violence was not the answer. You, you gotta be positive any you interact with people like that. Like there's I understand we're all human, we all make mistakes, but you have to take the high ground, especially when something is bigger than yourself. Mm. Especially because this movement it's not my message not just about me or how I feel this is about people that look like me people who are ind- indigenous people it's about anyone that's faced you know any racism in their entire life like this message is for everybody And for me to hit them would be a selfish move yeah. and then to switch on to what you're asking about the all lives matter and how you encounter people who you know love using that hashtag or you know defund the police or, or not understanding what defunding the police means um, it's because they choose to be ignorant like, that's like, you know, I've seen this concept before. You see two houses, right? And one is on fire and the other one isn't. And a firefighter shows up and uses the hose on the house that's not on fire and says all houses matter. You're going to say this guy's an idiot. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. uh, That, honestly, is one of the best pictures to paint. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I, I've seen it online as well. And that is like, uh, like, I really believe in, in not using the all lives matter hashtag. But when I saw that Ooh. picture, I'm like, this exactly <laughs> Is what people yeah. need to see that, that use that hashtag, you know, you don't help the house. That's not on fire. You right now, there's a house on fire and we need to get to it urgently. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. Urgently. And many people, they, I get it. We're not saying, or I'm, I can't speak up for everyone, but specifically like, we're not saying that all lives don't matter. We're not saying lives that aren't black don't matter because you know, Especially today, we are fighting as well with a lot of indi- for indigenous people. Before, I don't think that message was really connected as much, as as strongly as it is right now. But it's more so like it's becoming more inclusive. It's not just black people. We're just saying that a lot of black people are still facing systemic racism and you know still feeling oppressed in society till this day because there's many things that they like that we go through, you know, being harassed by the police. Maybe not getting a job last week. Maybe not even getting an interview because of how your name sounds. Mm. Because I've had I've had interviews where I come up because my last name is Christos. I'll have interviews, and the second I walk in, they said, "Oh, I thought you were going to be a Greek guy." I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. Well, and to me, it's like, okay,
0: Sorry. yeah. yeah let, let's go here. So, um, white privilege is something that just like this all eyes matter thing is being so misconstrued as to what it actually means mm. um, people are hearing the word privilege and they're thinking that you had an upper hand and and you must have had it good and that person will hear it as well i had a tough upbringing or i had it hard so i wasn't privileged at all yeah. and so the word privilege is kind of being switched around in a lot of people's heads thinking that they had an upper hand when in reality, I think what white privilege is is that should be relatively the baseline. And anything that is not at that standard is being oppressed in some way. Yeah. So it's interesting to hear you say this because as a white guy myself, there's so much that I'm so blind to and unaware of, of things that you're saying right now. Um, I've heard of stories of people of color going to a restaurant and having to pay for the meal before actually getting the meal. Like never in my life have I felt that. I, in high school, I used to go to this $1 store and every time I walked in, the person would follow me around because I was a teenager as if I was going to steal something. And I remember feeling like I didn't even do anything and you're acting like I already stole something. And that's the only, only bit of extent that I could maybe just the tip of the iceberg relate to. Yeah. But hearing you say, okay, you go to a job interview and right from the get go, they make a assumption that you might be something that you're not or something else like this is where I think the conversations to go to, to show white people that it's not what you're seeing it as for everybody. Mm. There's things going on for a large portion of people that is not fair and they're not being treated the same. Yeah. Um, so it is interesting to to hear you kind of go there and and talk about that. So for, for white people, what can we say to, other white people or friends of ours that might be white or as a white person, myself wanting to be an ally with the black lives matter movement. What is the, Mm -hmm. some form of action that, um, that we could take?
1: I think the number one step is to to realize this isn't black versus white. Like Mm -hmm. this isn't, you know, the sixties, this isn't back in the day. This isn't a black versus white matter anymore. This is black. This isn't, sorry. This is people against racism. You know systemic racism, racial injustice, inequalities. that's what this fight is about because if you if you're really, if you look at the protest, you'll see that there's many white people supporting the movement. there's many people who are not black who are supporting this movement. but what people have to understand is you know a lot some people might think this is just a trend. some people might think, oh, this fight is just you know it's been a couple of weeks. we're good. we did what we wanted to do. street names were changed, statues were taken down um you know certain things like that they might think that oh you know netflix just hired like a black person uh chief of something i can't remember so people are like oh now all these companies are speaking out saying they you know they want to be supporting and they're hiring more black people but that's just for now it's like it's like a band-aid solution Mm. what 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 people of non-color have to understand is that you know when a black person steps up the house or an indigenous person is you know walking around it's on their skin. They can't change it. There's nothing they can do. People say, oh, well, and if you don't act aggressively, then, you know, your encounters with the police will be different. That's not always the case. Sometimes the, the situation chooses them or chooses us. Mm-hmm. So people of non-color have to understand you can't just be an ally in this fight anymore. You have to be an accomplice. You have to be willing to lose your, comfortability, your comfort zone. You have to be outside your comfort zone. You have to be willing to lose friends who don't think the same as you. You have to be willing to have endless conversations with your parents that have opposite views from you and you know what they think is wrong and you have to be able to speak up at work and you see things that are done wrong even if it might lose your job because you're standing up for what's right you have to be an accomplice because it's what's right you can be an ally by sharing and resharing stuff on social media but like what's going to happen in a few months when COVID when COVID-19 is over what's going to happen you're going to forget you're gonna forget. You're gonna forget that your your work doesn't hire as many black people as they promised that they would before. You're gonna see that, you know, the is not gonna defund the police by ten percent. Instead they actually gave them fifty five million more dollars of our tax money in the next ten years. You're gonna see that things aren't what we asked and what we demanded for is not happening. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Are you gonna post another black square? I think, are you are you gonna keep
2: sorry, go ahead, Jonathan?
1: No, I was gonna say, are you just gonna keep quiet now when, you know black history month is the only time we talk about black lives are you you not going to you know want to speak out for the ontario ministry of education to change their history books and implement more black people you know have more black representation at your work in the city council all those things are going to go away if you just want to be an ally and you just want to be here for the moment but if you're willing to understand that this is a fight that people have been fighting for many years before you and you're like hey i'm here to help change whatever i can then you have to do your own research you have to you know put the effort that you really need to want to change something. You can't just keep asking black people, what can I do? You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes you got to look, take it upon yourself and be like, listen, I know what's right versus wrong. How can I be of help? How can I be a resource of information? How can I start a petition? How can I start an email thread? You know, who are the city councils? Like many people have been doing this, which is amazing. But imagine if more people were on board, you know, we can't leave it up to the news to make this, um, a, a trend, or we can't leave it up to the news to only, you know, make it sound like it's a relevant fight. It's up to us. You
2: know? Yeah, if, uh, w- what you're saying is, uh, is exactly true. I think um, that mind shift that happened with this, I guess, wave of protests is it's always been well, just don't be racist. Just don't be racist. Mm-hmm. You know? Just don't be racist. Mm-hmm. Right? But now like, it's about being anti-racist. It's about everyone taking the action to be anti-racism. So just the word anti-racism elicits action, right? Elicits what everyone can do something. And, and like you said, like, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's uncomfortable. Like, it's now to the point where we're going to have to get Uncomfortable. So I think a lot of people listening is like, you know, they're like, oh, I don't want to have that conversation with my, Mm, with my kind of like racist uncle. I don't want to have that conversation with. I don't want to own up to the fact that, you know, my my parents might come from a, uh, you know, a generation that was kind of okay with racism and and this and this that. Right? Mm. Like, you're gonna have to get that uncomfort to be anti-racist, and we need more people in the fight to to kind of do that. So what? So, so I, I think, you know, we got to focus on the action that the individual can do, right? Because it, it's sometimes when, you know, when people hear these podcasts, you know, they think, oh, okay, we got this guy, Jonathan, he's a, he's a leader of a Black Lives Matter protest, things like that. They kind of see that it's, it's unnatural, like that I could do it, right? Like that one person, whoever you are listening, you can do it. You know what I mean? Like, nothing, there's not a lot different between what someone who's leading the protest can do and someone who is just kind of like hearing about it for the first time. Educate yourself, know what you're talking about, and then you can lead, right? Like, we need more leaders in this fight. Yeah, yeah I, they, it's also
1: it's also a team effort though like exactly it's, it's a big team effort because it's not just me doing this by Myself There's many people who are the ones who are organizing it, those people deserve like the, the credit You know the black lives matter tomorrow those those type of organizations deserve the credit The people who are bringing the speakers and the megaphones like they deserve the credit the people who are coming out Supporting with the signs they deserve the credit mm-hmm. like I never want to be like oh, this is I'm doing this like I'm always like man like look at the people like, it's the people that made this happen. Because if I come out just by myself, it's just one man, you know? But if I like, get, if, if, um, I have people that with, like, an organization that I co-founded with some people called Black Lives for Change. There's many people in the group who do so many things. Like, one girl in the group was started the petition to get the Bond holiday name changed. You know, like, there's other people in the group who are, you know, it's a collective effort. Many people look at someone with a mic and be like, oh, like this guy's leading the movement. And, like he's doing all these great things, but I always say, listen, like, this is because you guys came out. This is because the team that's with that I'm I'm with, or the team that I'm supporting, the team that I'm working with, they made this happen. And it's like, you have to understand, you can be a part of the team as well. This is, this needs everybody. That's it. Not just me losing my voice, like doing three protests in in a week. This is like, everyone who created a petition, this is everyone who started a GoFundMe page to help lift the black people from economic downfall. This is Many, like anyone, like you, you guys are starting something that's a dialogue that can influence someone, inspire somebody, to start an organization that can be a general generational change.
2: Yeah. So it's not just you're totally right. Don't be
1: afraid that you can't. Sorry. Yeah,
2: you're totally right on the invisible kind of uh, leaders, right? The the ones opening their homes uh, to babysit Mm -hmm. uh, the children of the protesters, right? Mm -hmm. The ones opening their, Mm -hmm. you know, ones bringing out water, bring ones bringing out food. There's so much, there's so much good going on, right? And Mm -hmm. so many good people out there, um, that it should definitely inspire more change. Sorry, Dan, you're saying something?
0: Well, no, I, I think right now in terms of action, people could take, it's the passiveness that has to stop. It it Hmm. goes back to what you're saying in terms of, you know, I don't want to have that, that conversation and create tension at my family party, but at some point, these racist jokes that your uncle might find funny have to be addressed to say it's not going to be tolerated anymore. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's way easier to to give people a passive laugh to move on from the discomfort in any any sense, even at work. Yeah, a lot of people are afraid to say that's not right, that's not fair because, well, they are fearful the boss might do X, Y, Z or mm-hmm. insubordination or some weird shit like that. Yeah. But it's the passiveness that I think everyone has to start to take. If, if you're listening right now and you're looking for a, an avenue on how you can incite change, well, there's petitions you can sign, which we talked about. Uh, you can donate money. Um, but I think if you're looking for another way that you can do it, like today, it's the passiveness. When someone makes a, a little bit of a remark that, that is only going to fuel sort of racism, it's something to say, okay, I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm not comfortable with that, and, and here's why. And here's why you shouldn't be comfortable with that either. Yeah. And that's a, that's a great way to start a conversation on the topic at hand.
2: And I, I want to reiterate on this whole comfort thing. The more you do it, the more you're active in anti-racism. I think the easier it gets. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. For example, like. You know. It's kind of, if you think about like let, let's say like uh, I don't know calling you up. I haven't talked to you, Jonathan, since maybe like one or two DMs when like we follow each other, like, oh, sick, bro, mm-hmm. like, nice to see you around as well. But we haven't really mm-hmm. talked since grade eight, right? So I think people make it out to be like, these conversations are so difficult and so hard, right? But actually it's the opposite, you know? If you have those conversations with people, you will just find that it becomes easier to approach people, you will find it becomes easier to have those conversations, To the point where you can literally call up someone who sat beside you 12 years ago and talk about, you know, Black Lives Matter. Talk about some of the toughest conversations, some of the most uncomfortable conversations, but some of the most needed conversations as well. So I I think everyone should kind of like get practice. Like, you know, if you're too afraid to talk to your parents about it, you know, talk to your friends about it. If you're mm-hmm. too afraid to talk to your friends about it because you're not educated enough, watch some. There's a f- a hundreds of videos out there. Uh, if you have Netflix, go watch th- 13th, one of the greatest documentaries ever. Uh, just do something to kind of empower right. yourself to take action.
0: There, there's, it's interesting because I'm seeing people on social media go in a form of whatever their comfort levels are. If we're talking mm. about comfort levels right now, this is one of them. So let's look at uh, Breonna Taylor. Okay, this was a name that was trending for quite some time, and now it's it's falling on and off of the charts of trending. Um, it's I'm curious to know, though, even even you, Amar, like when people are making memes around Breonna Taylor and their killers. So for instance, it'll be like, I uh, haven't had my coffee this morning, uh, but at the same time, Breonna Taylor's killers are still out there. They're, they're almost creating this humorous meme surrounding mm. this thing. Now I've seen some people are, are really upset saying, look, that, that's not going to create change. Like, you're, you're using this to make some sort of trendy content yeah. around it. So you can answer this as well. Like, how, how do you feel when you see something like that? Do you view that type of content as, okay, this is still driving conversation just through humor, or is humor not a place for this type of change?
2: Do you feel? Yeah, I'll go first if you want. Yeah, I'll go first. Um, so I'm going to apply it to something that like I would deal with. Right. And, you know, if I had seen the kind of the same thing and switch out, let's say Breonna Taylor with like, uh, kids in Palestine are still dying. Right. Like perfect. uh, Yes. You know, like, uh, I'm glad you enjoyed your cereal today. Kids in Iraq are still dying. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I get, okay. First of all, I, I, I think it dilutes, the messaging. Mm-hmm. I, I really do, personally. Uh, because I, I think, you know, what we do really well, what we try to do really well on this podcast is take a big, complicated issue and make it approachable, mm-hmm. right? And there's a fine line between making something approachable and making something that's- A mockery of it. A mockery of it right? And, and I think something like, you know, glad you enjoyed your cereal today. Kids in Iraq are still dying, right? To me, makes it a little more- Mockery and it kind of blurs the lines of, of of mockery, right? But I think I see where it's coming from Because people experience these things on a spectrum. I think people experience and you could see it like even with like the black squares or things like that people experience thing on on a spectrum and What's happening is everyone's catching up to the, the type of dialogue we need to have and the type of change we need to see and the type of action we want to see People are catching up and it's just, it's basically a clusterfuck right now of people trying to understand how to approach things in the best way, right? Right. So though their intentions might be good, I don't think, I think it dilutes it, but uh, I don't know what Jonathan thinks.
1: Um, yeah, it's, it, there's a, there is a fine line, but you know, I think the purpose of what. Some of these memes are, some of them have, like, a link to resources, how you can, like, make sign a petition or, you know, who, like, which city officials to call and, you know, berate with emails to make sure, like, you're putting pressure on the mayor to arrest these people, but there are some memes where it's just, like, oh, um, look at the, the NBA season's first week schedule, and then, like, you swipe right, and then it's, like, Breonna Taylor, like, Pictures of her, and all like, oh, the starters, and then like the killers, and like, and then like have pictures of the police. Yeah. And you know, the thing is, it's it's to really expose how our minds are on social media, and how quick we are to forget things. And you know, someone who's like interested in NBA is like, oh yeah, I can't wait to see like the schedule or whatever it was. And then you swipe right, and then you see it's about Brianna Taylor. That's yeah. just unmasking like how. You know, numb we have been to the fact that Breonna Taylor's killers are still free. So these memes are kind of trying to say, look, you've been numb. Like, you don't even realize that this is still happening. It's it's happening. This post is to tell you that it, they're still out. It's still free. And there's been no repercussions for the people who have killed it. So I, it is to drive conversation. Hmm, that's a I good do way to agree. Yeah. yeah, I do agree that it's like some of them, they're just like content, trendy content. You know, I agree with you on that part. Um, but there are other content where are similar like that, but then they'll be like, you know, email this, to um, let them know that you want the killers arrested, you know, like the, how they did with George Floyd, the same way. It's just that they've been doing that for so long for Breonna Taylor. People keep forgetting that the killers haven't been, you know, haven't faced any repercussions. Even with all the emails, even with all the phone calls, all the pressure, there still hasn't been anything. So it's like, all right, we've been giving out this type of messaging and people you know, are slowly starting to forget. So, you know, I guess someone sparked the trend of, all right, let's unmask how numb you really are. to The fact that you're on social media, scrolling around, and then it's just like, oh, NBA season slight, Breonna Taylor-Killer is still free.
2: Yeah. You know, um, it's like, oh,
1: shit, wake up call. Like, damn, they really are free. It's like, it's kind of like you have to remember we're adapting to social media. Everything is different now. Why does that black square get 19 million posts but Breonna Taylor's killers only have 8 million petition signings. Like, are you serious? How does that make any sense? You know, yeah. same thing with George Floyd when, when the black square came out, They're you know, like, more people are posting a black square than signing a petition for George Floyd or even, you know what I'm saying? Like it, we have to make it make sense. Where's there's too much discrepancy.
2: Yeah. I think that this disc, this discrepancy kind of shows exactly the discrepancy between what Dan was saying about like being people being passive and mm-hmm. people actually being active. Like, Posting a black square is passive in that you could post it and not actually like care about the and not actually sign some petitions. Like to me that's just wild. But you know, in, in the case of Brianna Taylor, I think that conversation of keeping Brianna Taylor trending kind of stemmed out. There's a really good TED talk by a woman named Kimberly Crenshaw, and it's called The Urgency of Intersectionality. Right? And she goes through Black names, Eric Gardner, George Floyd, and everyone knows who they are. When you put in black women who were killed by police, no one knew who they are, right? So I think, you know, Brianna Taylor needing to be trending is important because I think a lot of times it's black men are always kind of, up there in terms of what people remember, but black women are kind of like people don't remember who they are or don't know who they are or don't even know that it happened. Right. So yeah. obviously in, in this whole movement, there's a lot of intersectionality. Right. And I think that's also another point for people to understand is there's yeah. a lot of intersectionality. It's,
0: it's so deep rooted. Like exactly. uh, it, it goes back. Like this is not something that is going to be fixed in two months or like two years. It's such a deep, especially with the United States, how deep rooted it is in their history too. So that's a very interesting take, you know, with these memes that yes, there is a sort of diluting that's happening to the message, but at the same time, you're right. It is, it is sort of refreshing people to say, Hey, look, you care about basketball. You open this up, but Oh, here's the info that is still relevant. Yeah. So it's interesting Mm -hmm. to see how social media it, it, because you're, this is new age, this wasn't around in the 60s, that it's now being a tool in many different ways to say, we're, we're not going anywhere. This is something that has to be addressed on a consistent basis. Yeah. So that, that's a very interesting take. Yeah. Um, I, I also think with the black square, um, there is a, you're right, there's a massive thing. So when I When that thing was posted, I remember seeing people's Instagram accounts having three black squares. Because they wanted it to look aesthetically pleasing on their Insta when they posted the, you know, so because it's three yeah, rows of wow. photos, and I remember seeing that, and I'm like, "You are so blind! First off, you're so blind to what this this black square is supposed to represent, but you're so blind mm-hmm. to even the the push of the social media that you're putting it three times so your aesthetic is nice, and it's, it's like actually wild. It's it, it is important that these conversations happen and people like you speak out in a positive sense to drive change moving forward because we could sit here and this podcast could easily be a podcast that is an hour long about all the negative things that have happened in the past. Cause there's a ton is ongoing. Um, it's, it's very refreshing and appreciated to hear you take the approach you did with the guy that showed up in blackface at a protest. Like that is what's different and that's, what's going to incite change. Is looking at the bigger picture saying, okay, I could I could deal with this with violence, but that's what they want. And that's the title that the news, you know the news is gonna run with that. Yeah. The amount of times we've seen the news take something, oh the protesters started fires and this, and then you figure out that it was even a white person that did it. And you're kinda like, mm-hmm. wait a yeah, I minute, mean, like exactly. this is crazy that that yeah. things are being so spun. So going back to educating yourself, it also the stuff you're seeing online sometimes, um challenge that as well to say don't take it at face value because there's a lot of people that are all trying to scramble to break the news that are going to have unjustified information coming through that could make something less powerful like these protests yeah you know
2: i i hate that is like honestly the thing that probably makes me the most furious about all these type of things is when people politicize shit that should just not be politicized like, I don't understand how this became politicized. I, I, I don't understand how unjust killings of people, unjust treatment of people becomes politicized. Like, people just need to know, just because we're trying to help someone else does not mean anyone's taking away from you, right? But it, it's so, this whole politicization of things is so easy to control people with of just saying, oh, your team red, your team Republican don't care about this. If your team blue, yeah. don't care about that, right? It's like we get so attached to just being on different teams. We get so attached, like as soon as we're on, we're on two different teams, we all go into our battle stations. Oh, this is what they care about. I'm gonna go with, with my team, mm-hmm. right? But like, same team, bro, it, people are dying and that should not happen. There's no politi- like there's no politics to this. Right. Right? It, police need tr- better training and or
0: qualifications, yeah.
2: Qualifications yeah. and or a mental health joint team that goes in with these things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like it's it just there's no there shouldn't be any politics to this. There shouldn't be a team red versus team blue on this, you know? It's just it's literally we're all on the same team. Even if you're the most Republican, the most conservative, you are the most religious person, you know, you could be the most Christian person in the world, right? God made everyone in his image. There is no difference between skin color. There's no, you know, like, I just don't understand how it could ever be politicized. And I hate that shit because I've seen it. Sorry, I'm not trying to, like, what about? To 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 like Arab people, but I've seen this happen all the time when people just kind of they they dehumanize other people because of a select thing, you know? Oh, they're barbaric. They they do this. It's okay to kill them, right? They beat their women. They do this. Mm-hmm. They you know, and it's the same thing with well, I see it with black people. It's like people that want to politicize shit just dehumanize other people and it's up to us as a collective cuz it's not going to come from you you can see how slow sometimes the government comes it's up to us as individuals to start to humanize people yeah right like start to really appreciate people for their people not just appreciate their culture take their whatever you want from their culture and when it's comfortable for you to uh mm. kind of uh sit back but to Mm -hmm. actually humanize people and and see the the value in every single person.
0: Yeah, well, first off, I think, for a little bit more understanding on that, you look at society, the biggest struggle the average person has is change. The average person thrives under stability and consistency. Nine to five jobs. Mm -hmm. They know where they're going on the weekend. The average person, I wouldn't say is an entrepreneur. I mean, you look at this quarantine we just got through, a lot of people had a tough time dealing with the consistent instability and change of every day. Yeah. So change already is something that naturally is hard for people. So you look at something like like Missouri just took down their flags that had the Confederate flag yeah. involved, and there was a protest. And, and the average person would look at that and say, why, why is this such a big deal? This flag represents such a negative history, and you, yet you're standing here with a megaphone saying, we want the flag to stay up. It's because change is so deep-rooted. You're right. There should definitely not be a reason why someone could look at the current situation and, and justify yeah. most of these actions, but it's the change. They, they, it causes a very bizarre reaction inside of them that they have to understand this, this is not going to be something most people stand for. Change is going to be enforced soon yeah. unless you try to learn and adapt.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yep. And it's funny because there's so many people who who will go against, like, you know, I saw a video of a woman with a Confederate flag um, yelling at someone of, of color, but, like, you can't see them in the video. And, you know, I guess it was, like, some Confederate flag rally in some little town. And she was like, um, oh, I love my flag. Oh, I'm going to teach my kids to hate people, like, who look like you. She's like, you know, I don't care about people like you. Like, I love my flag, blah, blah, blah. Like, just going off. And then the next day, as after that video went viral, she apologized and she said she doesn't stand for hate. But clearly she's contradicting the video, like it literally came out of her mouth. Yeah,
2: yeah, and Ooh, it's the said, most whack apology um, I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, whack, and she even said like, if, if I need to stand at a Black Lives Matter protest, I will go ahead and do it. See, but it's like, why do you have to be caught on video mm. and then it's to go viral for you to like now own up to being a better person? You know, like people just don't have a personal connection if you're not black, like you don't you don't have a personal attention to someone of, that is black is being harassed by the police. You don't because you're not black, unless it's like you have a close friend who has opened up to you and told you that story. You're not going to really understand too much of it, and that goes just for anyone of any other color. Me personally, I didn't really know too much about indigenous oppression, like other than when I lived in Minnesota in like 2015, 2014 and then even then I still didn't know enough like I just was learning about it, heard about it of course on our history books But then we see movies and we're like the last Mohican and we're just like oh it's just a movie you know It's just, oh it's just another downfall uprising type of movie and then we move on to our normal lives we don't have a connection to it because we don't face those oppressions, we don't face those injustices so we just move on like our life is normal, mm. so these people who are on the other side of it who are standing for the confederate flag, standing behind these statues that represent you know People who did not want to abolish slavery and didn't care about black people. Now, like you said, change is being enforced. So either you get with the program or you can be on the outside looking in saying, um, you know, I don't get why people care so much about Black Lives Matter movement. People always try to argue to me, why am I even stepping up or why am I speaking out? People who are black even ask me why and be like, oh, you shouldn't waste your time. Um, you know, I guess on the DMs where people are just like, you know, nothing's going to change, it's going to be the same. I was like, So what are you going to do about it? Are you just going to sit there and wait until you are harassed by the police, until you get denied a job interview because of your name or because someone's going to make a comment at your workplace about your Afro or, I don't know, your skin being too dark? There's so many things that people go through, and we have to have that connection and empathy to be like, listen, I am not black or I am not indigenous, but I understand your pain, and I'm with you on change. Mm -hmm. How could you not? Like, like you said, we've been dehumanized. Indigenous people, especially, have been dehumanized a lot. So how can we sit there as human beings and not want to support a change that will benefit everyone? I to me, it will never make sense. It will never make sense. But we have to remember, politics have their own agenda. You know, you've, you've, John you've, you've touched up on
0: it.
2: it. You've touched on you've mm-hmm. touched up on it before, but I think the whole theme of what we were saying today is, don't be. Complicit be an accomplice, mm-hmm. right? What are to you some ways that someone on any place in the spectrum can start to act and make positive change from beginner to advanced of being anti-racist, what are some steps that that, that you believe? Uh, should be taken. Obviously, we can't talk about all the steps because it is such a yeah. huge issue and it's ongoing, as Dan said. But what what are some steps that that you want to highlight?
1: Um, number one, we have to remember that there's no perfect answer, and you know we are going to fail the first few times. Like this has been a fight for you know a very long time, even from the civil rights movement since the '65. This is a fight that's going to it's going to take a long, a long, long time. And it's going to take a lot of effort. And we have to remember that we can't feel down about, you know, not making the strides we want. We didn't get the 10% decrease. We can't be upset and be like, oh, the fight's over. We lost. You got to keep going. You got to remember that. Listen, I understand I, sh- I shared a black square where I shared a petition. It didn't get enough signings or my goal from me didn't reach the amount that I wanted. There's another day. There's another day to keep fighting. And the only thing that I believe that we can, like other people who can, help or people like me what i need to keep doing is not just keep uh, raising the awareness and applying the pressure but to have resource resource is important you have to be able to look beyond your phone and, and go you know go to the city council meetings so obviously after covid19 is over with or like go on youtube listen to the city council see what they're talking about hold their words accountable have you know share their the emails and their numbers with you know, people on your Instagram and or Facebook and say, you know, these are the city council officials that, you know, deny the ten percent decrease in the police budget or, you know, email them and, you know, try to persuade them or pressure them to have more diversity and inclusion. Um what else honestly as we said we can't talk about everything there's of no course. perfect answer but i feel like the more that you continue to look outside of your comfort zone and see what you can do to help i feel like the moment you take that step is the moment that you're influencing others to, to do the same that's what it's about it's about everyone being on the same page as much as we can it can't be everybody but if you can get majority on our side to be like look there are racial inequalities and injustices that, we're, that we see that anti, we need to have anti-black racism, indigenous racism, like task force. Like you said, we should have mental health officials doing mental health crisis calls, not police, because they get 30,000 calls a year. And sometimes it doesn't always end, like turn out the right way. Mm-hmm. Same with I, RCMP. I,
2: I would say um, just an, another tip to add on is please... If you're listening, if you're leading the fight, if you're uh, at home, if you think this doesn't exist, please uh, just don't don't discount yourself as, oh, this doesn't apply to me. Or, oh, I'm white, I got nothing to speak on this about, you know, or I'm this, I can't do that, right? Shift that mindset into, no, I'm white. I'm exactly the person who needs to start making these changes. Oh, I have, you know, I don't have a job right now. I have more time. I'm exactly the person that needs to do this. I think all the ways that we're discounting ourselves of why we can't actively play a role is the exact reason that we should play that role. Um, And I I honestly want to thank you so much, Jonathan, and to anyone who has helped you with the fight, anyone who is on your team, anyone who you haven't met that has helped with these protests, um, and anyone who has helped with this movement, anyone who has taken an active role, uh, as small or as big as it might seem, they're all huge actions and huge actions for the future. And uh, I think you said it best. We need to keep the fight going and, and, and keep pushing positive change Uh, so we want to thank you a million for coming on to do this yeah yeah absolutely thank
1: you guys man thank you guys a lot um i think the biggest and also sorry before we go i just want to stress that this is a fight and we need everyone to be you know take care of their mental health because we want people to sustain their energy and their passion and their drive for this fight myself included and we have to understand that we, we need time to sometimes unplug from social media we need to unplug from this fight for like a day or two or something just to take care of yourself. Your mental health is the most important thing. And many people are not, sometimes they just, they burn out too quick. They want to help so much and then they get overwhelmed and stressed and then they say, I can't do this no more. So taking care of your mental health is important. Seeing all these things on social media, people dying and, you know, not getting the results we wanted from city council meetings. Like We have to understand that this is a fight that's going to be a long one and we have to sustain the movement. So by doing that, we can take care of ourselves first and then we can help others. Yeah. And I feel like this this movement, this movement's not going to go away, man. And, you know, thank you guys for having this dialogue. Um, Keep the conversation going. Keep fighting for change.
2: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. We'll play our part, you play yours. And then uh, I think you're so right about the mental health aspect of just like not burning out. Even elite athletes take their days off. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So um, I'll talk to you soon, man. Yeah. Thanks
0: a lot. Yeah,
1: thank you guys. Thank you guys, man.
2: All right.
0: Bye. Peace. bye. Wow, man. Really, really, really cool guy. Like there is one thing that he had mentioned um, in there that was like, okay, like that, that whole meme thing. Yeah. From what I've been seeing on there is that the meme thing where people are sort of diluting the messaging has uh, had me questioning, is there any benefits to poking fun not fun, but like humor at this stuff. And it's like, yeah, he actually introduced a really good perspective there that, uh, well, so a lot of that content might be diluting the messaging. It's also helping you see that, oh, you're starting to sort of forget and go back in your old ways. Boom, we got you. Now Now they're trying to like catch you in, in these things, you know? Yeah. So. Uh,
2: lots of value in there, uh, you know. Um, yeah. I, I know we want to, keep the conversation going and we will um and you know again our goal for this podcast has always been to take you know these big things that can really affect people mm-hmm. um and try to make it in an approachable way um if you need to reach out to any of us for um
0: resources for how you can help um by all means well we'll uh, we'll have links in the description of this podcast yeah. but but for the most part uh, we shouldn't have to take on the role of being a library. Like you could do your own research. I mean, even yeah. from listening to this podcast, you could do your own research. There's enough places to start. We will provide links in the description for this podcast. But, but yeah, you heard it here. Like, like take action. Don't keep sitting back thinking that this is okay. No one's saying your life doesn't matter. Nobody's saying that what you have right now, you should feel guilty for it's just saying maybe what you're experiencing should be experienced for everybody. Yeah. And unfortunately, there's no other way of looking at it but the world does not function like that right now. It's not you think you have it great, maybe you do, but there's a lot of people that do not have any sort of knowledge as to what you're experiencing and the comfort levels you might have day to day. Yeah. So yeah, anyways just just keep driving the change, keep keep educating yourself on this. Um try not like don't forget about it because it's not going to go anywhere and it will take quite some time to have this change effect. Yeah. See an effect. But um, we appreciate you guys listening. As always, we hope that this helped you. We love you. Huge shout out to Jonathan. That was uh, amazing. And uh yeah. Take care, guys. See you guys in the next one. Come on, come on. I see no changes. Wake up in the morning and I ask myself.
2: It's like worth living should I blast myself. I'm tired of being poor and even work some am black. My stomach
0: hurts so I'm looking for a purse to snatch. Cops give a damn about